The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is sponsored by Granium, the new nutritional sand from Mitchell's. If it's not Mitchell's, get back in the truck. At Mitchell's, our philosophy is to always strive to be better than we were yesterday, which is fortunate because yesterday we had a fire. Fires are pretty much a weekly occurrence here at Mitchell's HQ, but this time the problem was made much, much worse when we discovered that the water tanks in our on-site fire truck had been mistakenly filled with Mitchell's Combusta-Clean Slaughterhouse Floor Cleaner. People say the most relaxing thing you can do is to sit and gaze into a fire. It turns out those people couldn't be more wrong. For 10% off your next sack of granium or barrel of Combusta-Clean, simply use the code Phoenix from the Flames. Hello, and welcome to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the number one podcast for those involved, or just interested, in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the podcast companion to the Beef and Dairy Network website and a printed magazine brought to you by Granium Nutritional Sand. Now, if you have children, or if you're the kind of adult who enjoys spending an evening out on the town, replacing the constant background drumbeat of anxiety in your life with the pounding electronic beats of the modern disco tech, just for a few hours losing yourself in a sweaty morass of fellow boppers, then later emerging from the club in the early hours of the morning, buying a chicken burger from a van, and then vomiting it extravagantly across the bonnet of a police car before embarking on an argument with a taxi driver, which ultimately ends with you hitting him over the head with an empty brandy bottle you find on the floor, then there's no way that you will have missed the latest dance craze that is gripping the nation. The beef hop dance craze began when musician DJ Pasteurize released his single Do the Beef Hop, a funky disco number which contains within its lyrics instructions as to how to do the accompanying dance. The single was a worldwide hit. It went to number one in 35 countries, is the most streamed song in history, and has been adopted as the new national anthem of Lithuania. Alongside the success of the single, disco evenings known as Beef Hops have sprung up across the world, with children and young people arriving in their thousands to dance and also to hurl cooked minced beef at each other along to the music. While some see the Beef Hop as a harmless dance craze, others see it as something altogether more problematic, a dangerous development which is warping the minds of young people. Earlier this week, I spoke to Valerie Harp from pressure group Stop the Madness, who exists to push back against what they see as the progressive moral degradation of society. We were also joined by someone who's been on the Beef and Dairy Network podcast before, Teresa Beckton, a youth worker who runs a youth centre in Beckton in South London. I started by asking Valerie to explain the work of Stop the Madness. Uh, yes, well, it's an organisation that combats uh, immorality in modern society. So I feel that a lot of us feel that uh, the modern times are rather running away with us a little bit. Things are happening that we didn't sign on for, didn't expect. And Stop the Madness just tries to keep sort of firm hand on things, uh, just flag up any potential issues that might arise. Theresa, thank you very much for coming in. It's my absolute pleasure. You're still at the same youth centre you were when we spoke to you last time? Yeah, well... The same in name. Unfortunately, the premises are no more due to a fire from candles, which I was responsible for. I will put my hands up. That was my fault. To be honest, I, di- I didn't think I was drunk. But oh dear. 
Well, I mean, I don't think this is what we're here to discuss, actually. Yes, in fact, this is not what we're here to discuss. So we have new premises. So you've, you've replaced the building that you burned down whilst drunk? Well, I luckily, we did GoFundMe. And luckily, I was able to shift the um, onus onto one of our uh, clients, so luckily for me, it's 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 a happy ending actually because we've got a much bigger toilet and the bigger building. So officially, um, who is responsible for the the burning down of the building? Well, who's to say? Who's to say? Let's just say Carl Stevens is no longer welcome at the new premises. Carl Dis- Stevens is one of the, the the children that is in your care. He yes, he was, and it's some something of a scapegoat is what what I can say. Well, you made it. You made a scapegoat. The thing is, when you brought me here to discuss a fun dance, I, d- I didn't expect to have the uh, the Spanish Inquisition about my personal life. Okay, well, let's let's move on to the dance craze. Valerie, you're here to talk about um, well something that all the kids are doing at the moment: the beef hop. Uh, yes, it's been a huge deal over the past few weeks since it came out. You've you've gone on record saying this this dance craze is dangerous. Yes, were the words uh, well, you used. Why, well, I, why do you I, think that I, is? I, I don't think dancing is dangerous. I've enjoyed dance when done by skilled professional dancers. Dancing can be enjoyed. I think that uh, what I find worrying about the beef hop is the beef becomes charged with this sort of um, sexual, physical, visceral energy, which uh, has no place in in beef. I'll come to you now, um, Teresa. You are in charge of your youth centre. How many children are you seeing there on a, on a weekly basis? Between one and 15,000. Right. Um, I'm not a very good estimator. And on top of that, it's it's really variable. It depends what um, activities I'm putting on. For example, if I were putting on a candle-making workshop, I would see the numbers much nearer one, two. If I'm organising a beef hop event... We are looking at in the low to medium thousands of children. It's absolute carnage. As soon as I put up the sign that I hand wrote up, up top of the um, youth centre saying, beef hop here tonight, I know there'll be queues around the block because I, I that's mean, how popular it is. Even the nature of these events. I mean, if a dance is to be uh, set up, it should be advertised weeks in advance. Uh, there should be... a uh, a chance for the council to get involved with these flash hops that are popping up just impromptu all over the place. There's no way to regulate the mints, the well, dancers. Well, uh, Teresa, do you do you provide the mints yourself? No, no, because that would come out of my own pocket, and I'm afraid I'm not able to do that. But what I would say is, there has been a real shift, and the shift has gone L to B, L to B. I it's see. Gone lamb. To beef. Yes. And that is one of the most positive shifts I have seen at the youth centre, in the community, in the park. Let's contrast then. Think back to six months ago. Imagine the scene there in your local park next to the youth centre. What are you seeing there six months ago and what are you seeing there now? Well, you'd, you'd come the next morning and it would be littered with little sachets of mint sauce. That's what I'm saying. Littered. Littered. You'd see platters whereupon there had been a leg of lamb. Broad beans, of course, a very famous lamb accompaniment. Now, nothing. Do you you know what you see? You see the feeling that the dance has left. I think think we can all agree that we don't want young people to be 
indulging in lamb. Amen, after amen hours. to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, amen yes. To, yes. to that. But I think what's happening now is that we're endorsing a particular different kind of deviancy by welcoming in that sort of energy that was left over from the lamb and putting it upon the beef. Now, Valerie, you obviously have very strong feelings about this. Yes. I think people might be listening thinking, well, how does Valerie know uh, the effects this is having? Have you been to one of these beef hop events? Have you been to Teresa's Youth Centre, for example? I, I have not been to Teresa's Youth Centre under its uh, former or current premises, but I have uh, young relatives. I have some nephews. I don't think I would like to see them engaging in this dance. And to my knowledge, they haven't been. What's their uh, name? As such, what are their names? Their yes. names are Nathan. Nathan what? Nathan Harp. Nathan Harp. No, he's not been. No. And Oscar. Oscar Harp, yes. No, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar wouldn't... Oscar, no. No, he's one of the absolute best dancers that I've ever seen. I, I think it must be a different Oscar. I don't think Oscar would go... Certainly not without his older brother, so I've... He, he was with someone who's a little bit taller... But I never got the name, which was frustrating because I keep a very comprehensive record so that I can collude with the police if anything ever happens. Do you live near the, the youth centre, Valerie? Is it, is it possible that your nephews have been? Uh, well, it's I say it's about five kilometres. Would somebody distance. would somebody walk five kilometres to come to a youth club? Honestly, I'm not trying to blame my own trumpet, but we have people. So bear in mind the youth clubs in Beckton. We have people. The furthest I've seen was someone walked. From York. They walk from York. From York. Yes. And then afterwards, they walk back to York. Valerie, you say you've got your, your two nephews, Nathan and Oscar. Yes. What are they doing of an evening then? If, if other children are out beef hopping in the park or beef hopping in a youth centre or maybe behind the church or a multi-storey car park maybe, what are the kids in your life doing? Uh, they would practice something like carving. To carve meat? To carve meat, um, which is a much more methodical pursuit. It takes a lot of practice. Uh, and it's something that a young uh, man or women, there are more women getting into carving, can just can really uh, progress and you can chart that progression. So you're saying you'd rather introduce children to knives than have them dance in a youth club? Well, yeah, yes. Actually, I'm going to stop you there. That's actually the opposite of what we're trying to do. No, I mean, I think, and I, I mean, my my family have always been good at handling knives. We've had a lot of a lot of knives in the house and the children are used to seeing the knives. Used like to samurais. Sam we've had a variety of knives, not samurais, but we've had cutlasses. Like pirates. L like pirates, some ornamental cutlasses, which we use on Easter. But you're saying you'd, you'd sit down of an evening, you'd, you'd, get, you'd bring Oscar and Nathan around, you'd say, hey, here you go, here's the ornamental cutlass from the wall. We wouldn't merely hand it over, we would present them with a the cutlass, the eldest would carve... Usually the elders at the table would carve and then the children would mimic with their own smaller pieces of meat. So you're listening to this, Teresa. Why aren't children doing this instead of uh, dancing in this vivid way? Well, the first thing I would say is cuts. I don't mean literally. I mean the council cuts. The council no longer has a budget for carving lessons. We've had to let three carving specialists just in our borough go in the last two years. It will make your eyes water to think how... Little money now is going into beef outreach in the youth sector in my borough. In my borough alone, 2015, the figure for beef outreach in the youth sector, £15 million. That's not a lot. No. 
It's 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 heartbreaking. Because, and that, that was 2015. Where are we now? Well, exactly. We're down to seven point five million pounds. That's nothing. It's, it's well, chump change. Yeah, Scan- scandalous. I know. So low. You know. Yeah. How are you going to teach children about milking? Mm. How are you going to teach children about polishing the hooves of a dainty calf? That was an intensive eight week course. Mm. Gone. And and of course, uh, Valerie, I, I don't want to assume anything about your finances, but there are more well-off families living in your borough who will be able to afford to send their children to their own carving workshops. They'll be able to pay for their own workshops about polishing the hooves of a dainty calf. I think we're all in very different circumstances. If there isn't enough provision for certain workshops for carving or for hoof polishing of dainty calves, then the individual parent must make their own decision to prioritise what they think is important in their child's life. Okay, well, well, Valerie, can I... Let's do a little role play. Okay, imagine you're in uh, Teresa's shoes, okay? You're sitting down, you're in charge of the youth club. Mm-hmm. You've got a paltry £7.5 million budget to spend on beef outreach. But you're still a very powerful woman in the uh, prime of life. Sure. I mean, you're, you're, you're not Teresa. In the, you are still yourself in okay. this. Oh, okay. Sorry, I apologise. Um, imagine Teresa never existed. Well, okay. I don't think that's very fair and I think it's quite dangerous. Okay, well, imagine Teresa's gone on a... She's won a, a six-month trip. And Where she, to? Around the world, by, by boat. Well, she's not going to see very much of the world, is she, if she's travelling by boat? No, by I'm sorry, I'm not going to enter. What would I enter that competition in? What, chat magazine? No, well, you but, could, no, you could ring Beef Corps, for example, our, our phone in. But the, the boat would stop in various port cities around the world, mm-hmm. Rio, Cape Good Hope, that sort of thing. Okay. Anyway, let's imagine that's happened. Okay. Okay, I will go on the cruise. Uh, sure. Right. Valerie, you're in the office. Okay. You have the paltry budget. Can I move out Teresa's things? Um, let Let's imagine she's already moved everything out. It's, a, it's out, a new out of courtesy. She's yes, I can imagine it. My office. Um, right. Yes. And you're confronted with this tiny budget, and you're trying to work work out how you spend your money. Yes. And then someone comes in and goes, "Hey, I can solve your problems because throwing a beef hop costs what? What's it cost, Teresa? Fifteen pounds? Oh no, that's no, that's way over budget. I mean, I I spent two pound fifty buying the highlighter pens. The paper I actually stole from a branch of IKEA. So it's £2.50 plus that, £3. There you go. Th- £3. For so three pounds. Stolen, stolen paper to advertise the hop. The, the space, obviously. We, do we turn on the lights? Oh, yes. Uh, £3.24. £3.24. Wait, do you want to play music? Yes, you want to play the music as well? Okay, look, I'm going to call it an even four if you're going to flush the toilets. So, I mean, that's a decision for Valerie to make whether they flush the toilets or not. Okay, uh, I, we will be flushing the toilets. Great. So four, four pounds. So they say for four pounds you can throw a beef up. Can you not see now why, put in the situation of Teresa, you would do exactly the same thing? I refuse that I would do exactly the same thing. I think that carving potentially could be advertised in a similar Way a similar method. I would use. You think you get hundreds of knives for under four pounds? I I think teach the children something about sharing. Yes, I feel that rather than a discotheque uh, in a badly lit youth centre, we could have something with a little bit more sense of occasion, sense of spectacle, perhaps involve uh, the whole family. What What I would say is, what has more of a sense of spectacle than fifteen thousand children, all crammed? In the three rooms, that's meeting room one, event room one, and sand slash messy play. 15,000 children crammed in those three rooms, flinging 
mince everywhere. Honestly, if you've not seen it, it's like nothing else you'll ever see. I agree that there may be something of the, there may be a sense of scale involved with those quantities of children coming through, but I'm not sure how many of them really understand the messages that you're trying to promote with your youth centre. I'm not sure that they feel very unified uh, as a body of children. I'm not sure that they are making lasting and useful relationships at these sort of sessions. Um, I don't know where what the aftercare is, what happens to them after they leave your premises, uh, well, how they feel about got, what's just occurred. Well, some of them got a very long walk home, to be honest with you. Yeah, they are essentially sh- stranded, covered in mints, left to walk miles. But what's good about that is they're never alone. I, well, firstly, I'd say you're never alone if you're covered in mints. But secondly, I would say they are literally never alone because if you're walking down, say, for example, you're walking back up to berwick on Tweed and you're walking in the coastal walk, seagulls, they will target you. So you're never going to be lonely. Because you'll be, you'll be plagued by seabirds. Oh, yeah. More after this. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast and smart. That place is ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, network members can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash beef. That's ziprecruiter.com slash B-E-E-F. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And that web address again, ziprecruiter.com slash beef. Slash beef. Slash beef. In a world where meat was banned, only one man could stand up to the state. I was thinking... Maybe we should go dancing tonight. You know, me and you, like in the old days, before we had, uh, <clears throat> Glenjamin. No, Slashby, we've got to look after Glenjamin. Yes, uh, I just, uh, do you ever wish you could go back to that time? Before Glenjamin? No, Slashbeave. Uh, I'm Slashbeave. ZipRecruiter.com Slash beef, I can't do this anymore. Of course, it isn't just children who have been swept up by the beef hop craze. I asked Valerie whether she had ever been to an adult discotheque. I have. Not during trading hours, but I have been to, I've been to see uh, the premises of a discotheque. And I was not impressed with what I saw. Teresa... Is that somewhere where you'd spend your, your spare time, your downtime? Oh, yes. I mean, guilty as charged. I absolutely love to go out on the lash. And if I can go to the discotheque, particularly when they're playing this modern disco music, do some disco dancing, I love it. Because would, you can... say, would you say the music they're playing there is, is funky? <laughs> Groovy? is a little bit uh yes funky groovy uh lots of uh lots of people very hip to the beat right um and you'll see people really kind of letting their hair down well valerie's here she's wincing physically as if these words were like a hot a hot whip across her face 
Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't mean to have such a visceral reaction to it. I just feel that these, uh, this funky, groovy, jivey music is, uh, well, I, I, don't, I wouldn't really call it music. I would call it noise, actually, uh, Teresa, but they're each to their own. I think these kinds of dances, the kind of dancing that is enjoyed there, I think it speaks of a... I don't know. I think if there's a sort of certain kind of restlessness in people that they need to expunge through these dances, I think if you're of a calm and quiet disposition, there's no need to go and jerk yourself out at one of these discotheque establishments. Well, I'm, I've got some letters here from listeners who have experience of the beef hop, and I just wanted to read these to you because it gives a sense of what's going on out there, how people are experiencing this, and maybe you can reflect on what these people have to say. So I had a letter here from Tom Bickerstaff. He says, I went to a wedding earlier this month, after the trout course, all the lights went off and loud disco music began. The wedding reception was now a disco. I was in a disco. It wasn't long before wedding attendees, young and old, were copulating on the dance floor, uncles and aunts, old family friends and members of staff slithering across each other's bodies like sick eels glistening under the disco lights. That's from Tom. That's beautiful, isn't it? Just think about that. Just think about the fact that you're at a wedding a celebration of fertility. And I what don't. I don't think that's what. A, a, that's is that. That's not what a wedding is. That's it's a celebration of f- fertility, to the season of summer. Uh, I mean, you've been married yourself, Teresa, a couple of times. I've been married five times. Sure. Five times the charm. Um, and at, I'm at, divorced now. <laughs> right. At those receptions, were, were people? I'll, I'll quote Tom here, slithering across each other's bodies like sick eels glistening under the disco lights. First one, no, to be fair, that one was a church do, so it was slightly a little bit quieter. Second one, now second one, we actually done Las Vegas. So you know what people say, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So he is still in Vegas. Third one, that was an, an absolute fuckfest. And it's one of the reasons why, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. The fourth and fifth weddings, do you know, I'm not going to say they were back in alien effects because they wasn't, you know, as you get older, perhaps you're not quite available to, you know, behave in this way. But at the same time, I would say there was an air of the discotheque. And what I would say is we mustn't be prudish at these things. It's a rite of passage. It's important for people to express their sexuality at a wedding. What's more natural than people having sex at someone else's wedding? I really feel that at these sorts of events that any sort of discotheque activity should be opt-in. I, I don't feel, I mean, that... What, like a bouncy castle? You have to take your shoes off, you mean? No, I mean I mean that not everyone at the wedding should be subjected to this kind of music, these kinds of goings-on. So at your weddings, let's think about four and five, which were the discotheque affairs, mm. were people mm. able to opt-in or opt-out? Well, you could opt-out because you could go outside for a cigarette. There you go, Valerie. Well, to be honest, you could opt out like my fourth husband who actually jilted me. So that's one of the reasons why it was such a big affair because it was, you know, I was, to be honest, I was in a bit of an emotional state. So I wanted it to be a big party. I have another letter here. Uh, Leslie Ann Wheaton writes, I went to a discotheque to celebrate the end of a stressful period at work. Mm. Long story short, I'm now pregnant. I'm having a disco baby. Lord help me, I'm having a disco baby. I mean, congratulations. That's, I suppose, the first thing I would say. Secondly, don't worry about it, because if you give birth in the discotheque, that baby can go there for free. 
Is that that's a law or a just a policy of? I think it's a rumor. It's like a rumor, but it might be true. I think okay. I think with the current spate, and I I have read the statistics that pregnancies are going up with the current spate of pregnancies. These disco babies, we have to think of what their 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 legacy will be in times to come, and whether uh, little uh, Timmy in the future will want to be labelled a disco baby. Those children will have to carry the stigma. But do you not do you not think you are creating that stigma? Do you not think that really the stigma you're talking about is is being generated by the likes of, of of your group Stop the Madness? No, I think we're looking to protect these children. A child can't help uh, where it's conceived, uh, where it's born, uh, in what context it's raised. Because obviously, uh, boat babies. There's a lot of stigma about boat babies. People conceived on boats. You see them walking into the youth centre and they are shunned. Well, that would be true because people consider a boat baby to be bad luck. You know, if you are conceived on a cruise, people say things like, you, we, we've all heard it, you know, like, well, what time is breakfast? It's all day. You know, people say, I don't trust a boat baby because they'll stop off in every port. Um, they'd say, well, you know, we've all heard, and it's a shame, but to be honest, I would also, I wouldn't let them in the youth centre just because I think it's trouble. And I think, to be honest, if they if they didn't want that stigma, they shouldn't have been born on a boat. It's a good point. Well made. Thank you. Valerie, sorry to go back to this point about the stigma. Um, yes, I think... You don't think you're moment, adding to it? No, I don't. I think obviously at the moment we're, there's a great uh, amount of celebrity around but, uh, disco babies. Uh, disco babies are seen as a cool, uh, hip thing. Um, but I think uh, having this sort of fashionable uh, conception may not be so trendy in later years when we all kind of wake up and smell the uh, smell the beef, as it were. S- smell the rotting mints. I've got a, a final letter here. <clears throat> this is from Grant Tilbury. He writes, The beef hop seems to have given my kids a new appreciation of the importance of aerobic exercise. Uh, they dance to it from morning until night in the garden which makes a change from their usual routine of playing computer games in their bedroom and eating spoonful after spoonful of warm whipped cream from a bowl kept to the end of their bed. However, when I hear even the smallest snatch of the music, I go into a sort of trance, and when I wake up, I'm usually injecting street drugs or spreading malicious rumours on the internet. Is that something you've you found happening to you, Teresa, listening to the music? going to a trance. Well, i tell you what is funny. The beef hops can last for as we all know, up to 15 hours. But it does feel to me like they last for the blink of an eye. So in that respect, it is quite possible that I'm intravenously injecting drugs during that time. But at the same time, I think what he's got is a case of hop forgetfulness, you know, and that's very normal. I mean, <laughs> you seem very confused. I think this hot forgetfulness, as you call it, is just another characteristic of the way that beef uh, is being co-opted by this sort of sexual savagery. I would say this hot forgetfulness uh, bears a very strong resemblance to lamnesia. Ah, interesting. Yes. Uh, so if you've indulged in lamb and then you can't remember the next morning uh, where you were or what you did or who you did it with... Uh, and that sort of, I mean, sickness is happening now with people who are merely trying to enjoy some beef. And it's not the children's fault, but it's the manner in which they're use, using it. So here's the thing. Whilst I do find that interesting, I think it's a very positive thing where children are very happy. And that, if that means that I develop an addiction to injecting opiates, if that means I develop a very cruel online persona, 
then I'm afraid that's the sacrifice I am prepared to make for my community. Now, you've worked for many years, Teresa, to try and stop the scourge of lamb across your community, and you've done that with great effect. So, we, you know, Valerie, we can celebrate what Teresa's been doing in her local community. Uh, the amount of lamb consumption has, has, has gone down year on year since you've been there. And, and we found out last year that Beckton now has no New Zealand nationals living in the borough, which is a first for a London borough. Yes, and long may it rain. They've been an absolute scourge. So, yes, I'm, so, I'm sorry to say, but yes. So a big round of applause for you, Teresa. But I think what Valerie's hinting at is maybe you're replacing one scourge with another. Especially as she makes the point that this kind of amnesia, the, the, the beef amnesia, is very, very similar to the lamnesia we're talking about. And maybe, I don't know if this is something that scientifically is borne out, but if you combine hot cooked mints with this kind of modern disco music, it's a, you get a very similar sensation to when you're, you're bow peeping. Well, what I'd say, uh, in my defence, in the defence of anyone dancing to the beef hop, is it's fun. Okay? It's fun. It's a lovely dance. People love it. It's not like lamb, which is kind of seedy, you know, nefarious. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. It is fun. Sex at the wedding. Intravenous drug use. No memory of the event afterwards. Ranting and raving apocalyptically online. That's fun. That's what people want out of their life. So I'm sorry. I can't see any parallels whatsoever with lamb. Firstly, the taste is very different, as we all know. Secondly... Lamb smells weird. It mm. does smell weird. And let me tell you, when I open the gates to youth centre in the morning after there's been a beef hop, the smell of rotting beef mints, it's like, it's like a summer morning. It's like a breath of fresh air, except it's also the opposite of that. And it makes my heart absolutely swell with pride, you know. So I'd be very sad to see this whole thing, you know, lumped in with lamb. Okay, well, let's um, listen to the song together. I hope you don't mind that, Valerie. No, I'll I'll tolerate it, this one. Sure. So we'll give it a little listen and then um, we can have a chat about how we feel afterwards. Down at the farm, it's just for fun, we ain't doing no harm. The farmers say that we gotta stop, but we keep moving, doing the beef hop. Open your legs like a cafe and ball, push out your udders and short your horn. Take your hands and put them on top, so it look like ears, now do the beef hop.
Okay, so that's the song. How do we both feel after hearing that? Honestly, I I do feel quite I feel quite shaken. I feel quite ill. I think the imagery of that song is something I've not really I've not really paid close attention to before, but uh listening to it back in the studio, I can hear that it's very explicit. Right. It's very explicit. It's, it's, it's lyrically complex, certainly. But I mean, wiggle those shanks, make those teats pop. So what time is it? Are you okay, Teresa? I just, sorry, I just I don't know what just happened there. I just went I just went somewhere else. Teresa's gone very red. Yes, I'm feeling, I feel a little bit flushed. I think I, I, I mean, this looks like Theresa having an adverse reaction merely to hearing the music. There's no mints present in the studio. Oh, oh. even that's giving her a sort of. I feel hot. like I'm on holidays. Is this a positive feeling? I don't know. You, you see, sometimes I go on holidays. It's actually quite, oh, quite difficult. Um, what I would say. Oh, sorry. Give me a second. I mean, is she experiencing the sensations described in the? Does, T- Teresa, do you feel like your teats are popping? What I will say is I do want to open my mouth and let my tongue flop. I do. I'm sorry. It's I just... contagious. Well, let's let's talk about the lyrics because you're saying that there's something to worry about with these with these yes. lyrics. Let's let's go through them. What what are the what are the problems that you're seeing here? Okay. Um, I think push out your udders and show us your horn is an undeniably sexual phrase. I'm sorry, but not every cow is sexual. Like, this is the problem. If we're going to sexualise every single cow on the farm, well, there'll be no time to do the important tasks of milking, of putting the feed in the little boxes. You know, if we can't, we can't be sexualising. I, I, I personally don't see the udder as a as a sexual thing. It, it's a it's a functional thing for for delivering the milk for us. And similarly, the horn is not a sexual thing. It's a um, it's like a pageantry thing. I think. I think obviously the uh, specific parts of the cow, the udders and the horn, are not innately sexual. But I think it's the sort of amplification of these. So the uh, the pushing out of the udders, the sort of stretch, straining udder, and the um, erect horn. It's a question of context, isn't it, Teresa? If you were walking down the street and some men in a white van shouted at you from the window, "Push out your udders and show us your horn." Well, Tyson. What's the, the imagery is confusing me, what I'd say. Second thing I'd say is, thank you. I know I've still got it. You know, because when you get to marriage, you take what you can, believe me. Five marriages, five divorces. Well, one doesn't count as a divorce because he disappeared, but nonetheless. I think the thing I would be upset at is people shouting and not singing. That's what I'd be upset So if they were rapping that at you oh. in the way we just heard. Oh, yes, yeah, so or if they perhaps... Throw a little mince, you know? If you're going to throw a little mince, it's a bit easier to be cat-called or, or beef-called. I think that sort of language should be kept for private events, uh, for the privacy of one's own home, for a more intimate setting. I don't, so, I've... for example, if, if you wanted some men to shout at you from a white van, you'd let them into your home first, you'd drive the van maybe around the back of your house into your back garden? I... 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily have that sort of arrangement, but I, that would. Yes, that would be preferable to it happening on the street. Interesting. Let's um, talk about the second verse. Some people have um, brought up the issue that it's actually quite hard to do these dance moves if you if we look at them here. Mm. Uh, and maybe Tracy, you can tell us how the children are managing this at your beef hop events. So now bend your feet so they look like hooves. I'm I'm not sure how that is done. Uh, and next, shake that ass to my disco grooves. That's that's fairly straightforward. Well, people do bring an ass to the party. 
Right. Um, we've had an ass, we've had oxen. It is rare, but they will bring it. And to be honest, they will give it a good shake. And you think that's what that the song refers to, the, the donkey, rather than the... Well, of course, it's a song about farm animals. I, can't, I just don't know how we could be more. Because it could also mean the ass, the asshole. <gasps> shake your asshole. Oh, my God. Honestly, I did not put two into <laughs> I feel quite embarrassed, actually. Sorry. Um, wiggle your shanks. Make those teats pop. Valerie's also meant, already, yes. already mentioned that. Shake your hindquarters. Do the beef hop. Put your hands by your side and push out your snout. Release your tail and wiggle it about. Now, how are the kids doing that? Well, one in a thousand people is born with a vestigial tail. It's not talked about. It's not openly accepted. Through this dance, those young people are icons. They are icons. They're being seen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're being seen. They're being celebrated. And so what will happen is, you know, they'll know who's got the vestigial tail. They'll sort of give a little, uh, a little nod and a circle will fall. Then all they'll do is they'll start to sort of dance and then just gradually the, uh, the trousers will come down and pop. Out comes the tail. Honestly, it's one of the loveliest parts of the beef hop because you hear the cheer, woo, you know, woo. Absolutely wonderful. You can hear it from miles around. Before we get back to that interview, some news about the upcoming British Beef Council annual dinner and barn dance. Now, whatever you think of the beef hop, I think we can all agree that it has no place at an event as long-standing and traditional as the British Beef Council annual dinner and barn dance. Many network members boycotted the event last year when it was announced that the organisers sought to modernise the event by, amongst other things, not serving a trout course. I know that many network members were looking forward to returning this year in the hope that things had improved. However, I have some sad, sad news. Although many of the traditions of the dinner have been reinstated, for example, there will be a trout course and an after-dinner speech by a hologram of much-loved entertainer Les Cheese, I am devastated to inform you that the barn dance portion of the night has been replaced by a disco. The traditions of my industry, our industry, are being eroded by a modern kind of music. And this disco music is depleting our traditional barn dance-based music culture. I will be attending the event. Last year's boycott was personally very hard on me and I hope to somehow still be able to enjoy it despite the disco. My promise to you is that at that disco I will be doing barn dance moves only. Valerie Harp from Stop the Madness seemed to understand. I I sympathise. I sympathise that your traditions are being changed by people pandering to this new fashion is a generous word for, for the hop. I think there should be some there should be some uh, some drive to retain those traditions in whatever form. Thank you for your, your understanding, Valerie. Would you like to come with me to the disco? Uh, I, I, well, I... <laughs> uh, Just do it! I, I mean, I don't know the date, but if, if it happens to be a date that is mutually convenient, then... It's a date? It, no, I mean, if it, the calendar... I was the, thinking of it as a date as well. I just didn't want to say. No, I. Uh, so if the time and day is one that I can make, I, I, I should make. Yes. I look forward to it, Valerie. Can I say what a beautiful 
thing it is to watch people falling in love. Thank you, Teresa. <laughs> well, I well, I uh, have to ask Mr. Hart, but I anticipate him not noticing, so it should be fine. And can I just say, Valerie, I also think that society is plagued with madnesses and it's all gone too far. Thank you. That's that's exactly how I've 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 always felt. Does Mr. Harp ag- agree with? Um, Miss, Mr. Harp uh, is not very communicative on these topics, but I trust that if were he to speak, he would say something similar. Listen, I do appreciate that you guys are having a lovely chat and stuff. I actually do have to go back to Beckton and the Docklands Light Railway is very unreliable. You miss one, you wait 10 minutes, which is 10 minutes I don't have because I have to put up my sign. Is tonight going to be a beef, beef hop event? It is going to be a beef hop. It's going to be one of the biggest ones we've ever had. To that end, I've got to turn the toilets back on. The flushes are on tonight. The flushes are on tonight and hopefully is the beef hop. Lovely. Well, um, thanks for coming in, Teresa. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you. Uh, and I'll see you soon. That's Sorry, Valerie. Did Valerie's, you mean... Yeah, just Valerie. Yeah. See you soon. Thanks to Valerie Harp from Stop the Madness and Teresa Beckton for that interview. And if you're listening, Valerie, um, the number you gave me doesn't seem to work. I, I don't know if you're having some sort of problem with your phone network, but um, if you'd like to call me, uh, my number is 541 so that's all we've got time for this month but if you're after more beef and dairy news get over to our website now where you can read all the usual stuff as well as our off-topic section where this month we find out why Star Trek actor Patrick Stewart always drinks out of an old jam jar. So, until next time, beef out. Thanks to Josie Long and Sophie Duker and the music was made by DJ Pasteurize, a.k.a. Adam Flair, featuring Dogman. Uh, Adam Flair has a great album on Bandcamp called In The Night. It's very worth you checking out. Go to Adam Flair, that's Adam as in Adam and Eve, and Flair as in one of those things you fire into the sky if you're lost at sea, dot bandcamp.com. Yeah, all of that explanation isn't in the URL, so the URL is just adamflair.bandcamp.com. And a reminder that we have a brand new live show on the 15th of September at the London Podcast Festival. Details at beefanddairynetwork.com. Bye. Hey, if you like your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast host to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Yeah, and what's your deal? (laughs) I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show's called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots. We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts. We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org. Not all heroes wear capes. Some heroes watch war movies and then review them. 
Friendly Fire is a war movie podcast for people who don't necessarily like war movies, although it does not exclude people who love war movies. I'll have you know that I am wearing a cape. My cape is just made of sound-deadening material from an audio recording studio. (laughs) It's a really great show. John's daughter doesn't like it because we sometimes say swear words on it, but almost everybody else that has ever listened to it has enjoyed the, the program. Download and subscribe to Friendly Fire wherever you get your podcasts. To the victor, go the spoiler alerts. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.